Jason, you want to start us off? That was two seconds? Three and a half, actually. Whoa. I only gave you two. <laughs> you took Sorry. one and a half too many. You gave me an inch, I'll take an inch and a half. <laughs> Welcome to the From the North podcast, a Masonic podcast of three Master Masons talking about life, lodge, and being better men. Uh, today we have myself, Jason Lee. I am currently Senior Deacon of Harmony Lodge number 21. And I am AC Ransom. I'm currently Junior Deacon of Harmony Lodge number 21. And... And I am Gary Roberts. <laughs> and I'm not going to make anything up this time. I'm current Junior Warden of Harmony Lodge... <laughs> Number 21. And be, the most nice animated, enthused sounding of us all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I applaud you for your restraint. In, in He's so stoic. <laughs> Boy, do I have you guys buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this week we don't really have a plan. I mean, do you want to figure out our plan right now? I had, I had two plans. Oh, okay, Either cool. the book, if we were prepared for it, or... Like a, a different version of a plan that we had a while back but didn't do. What was our different version of our plan? Um, so the so the different version of the plan would be we just talk about whichever symbol has impacted us the most. Oh! That we find that we reflect on or that has changed our behavior or mindset the most. Yeah, because we all... Which is not hard to spitball about. So. Well, I think we all researched a little bit at least into part of like our podcast symbols. Yeah. Like I did from the north. What did you do? Did you do... I don't remember what I was assigned... Probably the circumpunct or the, the um, the trowel. Trowel, thank you. And I don't remember what mine was either. But, but I figured instead of that, that we'll just like, because the symbols have impacted our lives. Like you know, like we there are guarantee there's times when we've thought of like, oh yeah, that symbol. Like I should apply this to this part of my life. So I think we just look back and reflect and talk about whichever one has impacted us the uh, most. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe this isn't necessarily impacted me the most, uh, but I read somewhere. So I always assumed, uh, and we can cut this out if we need to, if this yeah. is too. Yeah. I always assumed that the G stood for God, right? Like that was the that was the point. Um, but that's very English language centered, and only like in the last, you know, however recently. Uh, and so then I was like, maybe it's geometry, right? Because that's mm -hmm. part of the root of how. Like, so much of our stuff comes from. Um, but, like, what does the G stand for? Or is it just literally a symbol? We might have to cut out parts of this. No, actually, no, you can tell people that it either stands for... that it stands, It's actually both. Oh, okay. But it's geometry and God. And it is mostly an American thing. I was going to say, mm. that's the thing that I've learned. It is a very American thing, because in other lodges outside the United States, the G is not a prominent symbol in lodge, like it is here in the United go, States. Go look at the, um, the Grand Lodge of England... No G. Interesting. See, and that clears up a lot because that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, This is well, very like current era type of Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, if the G, okay, it should stand for God. Like, that's what I, I think I'd even been told that, uh, that that's what it stood for. And then I was like, wait a second, that doesn't, that works for like me as an English speaker, but like pick any other language, it's not going to work. Um, and so then I was like, well, what does it actually like stand for? Um, and that makes sense though, that it's just an American. Uh, an American thing. Yeah, there's. Speaking. I think there's a couple more countries besides us that have it, but it really is just mostly us. Interesting. Well, so. and, and like all symbols in in Freemasonry, uh, all there isn't a specific meaning 
for each symbol for everybody. Everything has multiple meanings. Everything has as as multiple things you can put on it, etc. Layers. So there's layers within layers. I mean, I was always told. I mean, I always figured just like you when I was you know growing up and heard about Freemasonry from the outside that G was God. And and now that I've been in and, and learned more that really as we go through the fellow craft degree, we learn that it's more about this and and also that and. <clears throat> but as I start to look at other symbols, there's uh, it expands from there. Um, one thing that I was told that wasn't Lodge, and, 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 and to me, I mean, I remember hearing my first lecture as I, you know, right after I was uh, initiated, going through that lecture, and all this information was coming at you in a fire hose, and <laughs> all of it was very symbolic because they were walking you around the lodge and showing you these different parts of the lodge and giving you a brief explanation, a very brief explanation as to what they were and what their purpose was. So you had to go dig, and you had to find your own purpose in the, in the symbols of those devices. And I think that's part of one thing that I've enjoyed about Freemasonry is, is, is for at, at some point, point in time in my life at any given time that symbol means more to me than maybe the other ones do sure and i start looking into that into that symbol what its meaning was what uh past masons said it was what they lectured on it what they thought it was and then i try to incorporate what i learned from them into what i feel it is for me totally so and that's the thing i mean at freemasonry's got uh boatload of symbols and but freemasonry isn't the only thing that has that there are symbols all over the place in any any organization that has ritual as its base well the great thing about freemasonry is you learn how to look at a symbol and like you you get used to being able to like to read into it and try and infer what it means so you can look at more that's not in here and still learn from it rather than just taking it on face value yeah yeah, um and again like kind of speaking about some stuff we've talked in the past like a lot of the masonic journey is a personal journey uh, and so again, like, yeah, we can have a meaning for, for G or for whatever, but at the end of the day, a symbol only means something if it means something to you. Right. Uh, and so like the more effort we put into like understanding that and applying whatever symbol we're looking at into our lives, like the more meaning it does have, because even letters are still just symbols, right? Like they're, they're, they're symbols of sounds. Um, yeah, no, so that was just a question I had always had. Um, well, it's, it's, that's why Freemasonry is so appealing to me is, is that we don't say this is what it is right. and you have to believe that the G is only for God and that's all you can, all it can be. Totally. You know, there are other, other religions or other organizations that say that is what it is and it can only be that. Freemasonry, it is what you need it to be at that time for you. At the same time though, uh, <clears throat> I feel like... Now G, G could be girls for me. Good you know? <laughs> grief. Fair point. <laughs> or good grief. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, I do feel... I want to make sure I say this in not a horrible way. Uh, I do feel like, now that I am a Master Mason, uh, in a lot of ways, the EA and FC degree are not meaningless, but, like, kind of. You know they are I mean? definitely... <laughs> I, I would say, considering the amount of ritual and stuff thrown at, at, at you, the first two are, they almost feel kind of more empty Yeah. compared to the quantity you get from the others. Well, still good stuff, and still like, very important to work your way through that. But yeah, like it's definitely... 
not as big of a deal yeah. as when you first go through it. Also, like, when I became an EA, my objective was, I want to be a Master Mason. And, like, obviously, like, that should be, like, your objective, right? Is to, is to become a Master Mason, for sure. You shouldn't want to be an EA forever, obviously. But I wanted to get there as quickly as I could. Um, and now that I am a Master Mason, having gotten there pretty much as quickly as possible, uh, I kind of regret that. I kind of regret that I didn't spend... Uh, a serious amount of time in the EA degree because now I'm trying to learn MM stuff, Master Mason stuff, and I've skipped, not skipped, but glossed over the lessons of the EA and the FC. And I think part of that, uh, again, like I think it's natural to get, become an EA and be like, all right, I want to go. I want to just get there. I want to be there now. I think that's natural. Um, and so I think that they're, now that, now that I've done that and realized that it's probably not the greatest thing, uh, I feel like there almost should be, like, a minimum wait time uh, before you go on to the other degrees. And I know in other jurisdictions that is the case. A lot of them um, have wait times and things you have to do. Exactly. Like, write, that was like write a paper, do a service project, like, prove that you're being affected. I think we should enforce that in America. Well, it is not reinforced in the MM degree. What do you mean? A little bit. That uh, wanting to become a Master Mason before you're ready... Yeah, that's true. That is treated upon. Totally, and like again, but like that was information. But at that point, you're hearing that message too late. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's, that's true. What I was just gonna say, uh, I, and that's the point I'm making is that uh, I think it's natural. You get a new candidate; they're excited about it. They they give it to the EA. Of course, they want to go to the MM as soon as possible. And given the ability or given the leeway to do that, they'll do what I did. Generally speaking, not everybody, but generally speaking. Um, you being like one of the exceptions, AC. One but, of the rare exceptions. Uh, but like, I think that's pretty pretty normal, and so I think you need to put systems in place, not to discourage you from getting to a master mason, but to ensure you're taking your time to get there and learning the lessons that are necessary. Well, and I think if we if we were better as masons about mentoring, yeah, that's these the entered apprentices and F three FCs through. Uh, they wouldn't be in such a rush to get to the MM. Um, I mean, yeah, there are benefits to being an MM because you can now vote and sure. you get to help and that's what guard the Westgate and that kind of stuff. And you, well, you, you get the like, low readership roles. You help in the rituals, so you're more involved. Yeah, you're more involved, but I mean, you could still be somewhat involved as an EA because you get to help in the work. You're mentored yeah. by an MM. Um, but if we took. I think if we took a better approach at, um, and I've seen other jurisdictions do this, so that where they there are classes uh, that are given to candidates before they even go through the first degree, uh, so they know what's kind of expected yeah. of them once they become an EA. Yeah, they I know what what's in store, um, but then after they become an AA, there's a series of classes to teach them the working tools uh, that they've been given, right, um, and. And there's also a concerted effort to integrate them into the workings of the lodge so that they're working um, and, and learning the craft, yet not having to yet have all the responsibility of being right. an MM. And again, like going back, I don't, when, when I was in that moment, I was very happy that we did like the Grandmaster's class. Uh, Oh yeah, I'm, I was very happy about it, and I was very happy, and I would love for those classes to continue uh, because I want to see people do it expertly, right? right? I want to see people do the ritual expertly, um, but 
my time as an FC was minutes. I, I measured it in minutes, not in even hours, to right, be honest. Right, yep. And you lose something. Like, in my brain, not because I want it to be this way, but in my brain, uh, I care less about the stuff in the FC lectures, in the FC Oh, that's what you were saying before, because you yeah. didn't have much time to spend on it. Gotcha. Totally. I yeah. care about it less. Um, and I primarily focus on EAs, not because I've just noticed this. This is just a phenomenon I've noticed that in my own behavior is that I look at EA stuff and then I'll look at MM stuff. And I don't really look at other things because those are the two, and I those are the two I spend the most time in. And to be honest, I'm still working. I know you're not supposed to just master EA and you never have to go back to like the lessons you learned there. Like it's a lifelong thing. But I still am like trying to apply those things uh, from my freaking EA. And I, and I, I don't know, like, I, I, all, all I'm saying is like from this experience has taught me that there is, patience is very important. And I don't think I wasn't quote unquote ready, but I do wish I would have spent more time in the preceding degrees to like gain more knowledge of those degrees. So See, having I stated that, that, and I, and, and I, I, I agree with what you stated because you and I had very, yeah. very, very similar paths. And uh, unaffected by the influence of AC, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we both shift. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get in our defensive positions <laughs> just in case we we get struck by lightning or something. But uh, <clears throat> so having having done that, and we've talked about how we would not go through a grandmaster's class again yeah. through through a one day course, and knowing what we know now, and we wouldn't do that again. So I have a hypothetical question for you, and I'm not Ooh, I'm not saying okay. this to uh, say that our past grandmasters are are bad. I know the reason, other reasons why they do why they hold these courses and these classes, and Money. they're they're varied and far. That part. It's okay. Like hey, actually, I'll, I'll leave it in there. But realistically, it is a part of it because we get dues quicker. <laughs> And then also a big part of it is there's not a lot of masons who can do the ritual really well, and so it's very convenient. But both of those are connected. I'm gonna let Gary finish. And so, anyway, but sorry, go ahead. Don't go let ahead. me go forget ahead. about that. Right. So, so your various reasons, various reasons. Some of which AC just mentioned. I might slice it up. <laughs> yeah, I would put that. Put <laughs> parts and pieces in there. I'm fine with it being in there. Just... I mean, it's a good thing. But uh... cut out me saying cut it out. <laughs> There's all these blank cut spots. But like you usually don't notice the blanks. Like if, <coughs> if you cut them out, like yeah. anyways, keep going. I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 Gary, Gary. We are so good at going off track. <laughs> it's all good. Good, go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so all things being said and done, someday you're sitting in the Grandmaster's chair. Would you personally uh, you have the ability to do it by our grand by lodge our grand lodge bylaws? It states that if five lodges uh, petition the Grand Master, he can. Not that he has to. Not that he has to. Uh, can can do a Grand Master's class. If you got requests from five lodges, would you? Um, I already have my answer without even before you even finish the question. I knew what my answer was. I, I think there's I think there's caveats to it because what I would want is and I'll, I'll never be Grand Master, but if if I were, what I would want is to establish a precedent of like. I, I would take it as my objective to be like, this is how Freemasonry should be going forward, right? Like, I should be setting up my successor to follow in kind of a similar path, and I would hope that my predecessor would follow in, would have set me up to follow in his path. 
So I personally, if if that was the case, if we were moving to my my idealized version of Freemasonry, I would do everything I could to make sure it kept going in that direction. And again, my idealized version is that people is that when you're a candidate uh, and when you're an EA, you take the time to learn what that actually means. You take the time to respect what that actually means and you move on once you've demonstrated to yourself and to God that you are ready to move on. Um, and then the Freemasonry organization just provides metrics or just provides criteria, right, to help you make that decision. So for example, one of the criteria could be, uh, you know, obviously it's memorizing certain things. Um, that is a criteria and that's a symbol to you once you complete that, that you are ready to move on. But I don't think that should be the only criteria that you are given as you're ready to move on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if the the winds were currently blowing in that direction, if like uh, my predecessor was already setting that up, if the, the person after me uh, was of a similar mind, um, then yeah, I would absolutely push for that. But I wouldn't uh, just abandon uh, a tradition just because I want to see it done a certain way. Um, I would want to make sure that the organization wants that to happen, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're Grandmaster, you're not Grandmaster because you want to put your version of Freemasonry out there. You're there because you want to put out the version that everybody's comfortable with, that everybody, you're trying to lead the whole ship, not just what you want. Um, so that would be, that, I guess that would be my thing, is uh, if there was a growing sentiment of like, yeah, let's make this mean something more, then I would push everything I could behind that because I also believe that. Um, but if it was a no, that's not how we want Utah Masonry to go, I would probably try to take some other avenues uh, to start showing people that like, yeah, this is the avenue we want to go. But that, that may or may not entail, you know, making candidates wait or making EA people wait or whatever. Um, I think it just depends on what Utah is like at that point, if that makes sense. Right. I know that's a kind of a crappy answer. Right. No, well, that's a very good answer. I, I, I think, put... yeah, you have, you have quite a, well... The thing is, movement up a Grand Lodge line is very, uh, very regular here in Utah. So once you become a, a, a junior warden, essentially four years from then, you will be the Grand Master. I mean, I've not seen a case where that has not sure. happened. Um, just in my studies, I mean, I've only been a MM for a little over a year, sure. so I've only seen it happen once. But that's that's the the progression works. So you have. You have influence in Grand Lodge for four years because you're going to be the junior warden, you're going to be the senior warden, you're going to be the, the deputy grandmaster for a while, for a year, and then you have your year. So you yeah. essentially have four years to prepare, unlike our local lodges where I could be junior warden for a year next year i might not be anything, anything yeah. you know, um, uh, I, could, I could just be on the sideline. Because our our line doesn't doesn't stay solid for for some reasons or another, you know, we yeah. didn't get the memorization work done. We didn't da 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 da. da. Um, but Grand Lodge, that tends to be the case that there's um, that once you're in that the pillar line, yeah. you will you will progress up that. Um, so you have four years of influence there. Um, is there there? Well, there are some things that you could do some influence you could have in those four years. And then maybe sure. the direction is that we're still doing grand master's class, but maybe it's the junior warden. And I would say this way, you, you have the, you have four years to plan your year, but yeah. you can influence that year oh. uh, four years in advance. And you could say, you know what? I, 
my year, I'm hoping to not have to do a grandmaster's class. And what I'm going to do in my year is I'm going to push education. I'm going to push uh, ritual practice. Uh, I'm going to push that districts uh, work well together. Um, if they don't have enough members to do parts to, to pull uh, yeah. members from neighboring lodges to help them do their degrees, which we've had some success uh, doing that here in northern Utah. Mm -hmm. My EA degree was a mix of brothers from uh, four different lodges, three different lodges. Um, and it was done very well. And at the time, I didn't know that they were from four <laughs> different lodges. <clears throat> and uh, But we've also had other degrees that we've been able to do fully yeah. with Harmony Lodge, which is the ultimate goal, which I think is great. And and the ritual has gone really well when it, when it was a mix of brothers from multiple lodges and a mix of brothers and, and, and not a mix of brothers. Uh, we've done some really good degrees. So the goal would be for me um, to do what I can in the in the areas that I have influence to, to, to help strengthen that so that there isn't a request in exactly. my year as Grandmaster. And I'm like, you all never sit in that chair. But I'm going you to can always think about what, what if. Now, what would AC do? Someday, I'm going to replay those clips where you both say you're not going to be Grandmasters when you're Grandmasters. But remember the time you said this? I'm going to play it. And then I'll punch you. <laughs> and probably get kicked out. Yeah, get kicked out. <laughs> so you're welcome. Oh, Masonic charges up against the Grandmaster that day. Woohoo! Oh, I want to be there so for that funny. trial. Uh, What's your answer, though? You both bring up good points of... Um, so my immediate reaction would be no. No Grandmaster class. But then you both bring up a good point of... Um, there would be a way to be gentler and nicer about it and prepare things and get it ready. And so I think that um, I would do that same thing of get things ready to not have one and then make it easy or easier at least. Like provide all the help that, that the lodges need so that when you tell them we're not doing a grandmaster's class, we're going to work as like a team of Utah Masons to get the oh. ritual done. It's, so, so that way, instead of just saying, no, it won't be done, go and figure it out, like, I already have a plan and a system and some preparation in place to tell them, no, we're not doing one, but we're going to help, but but they already have, like, the help that they need to do the MM cool. at their own lodge, and then people would, and then I think that would, I think that would go over well. I think, I think, I think Masons would, would be, like, some might be upset because we've always done a Grandmaster's class or something, but I think once they realize that, oh, this is, this has been really awesome to mix and mingle with brothers from different lodges, that's the only chance I've ever really had to meet Mason's internal lodges. That's right. Is when they came up for my FC and we went down Ooh. for my MM. And so you guys brought up a... The problem is both your answers were so good that I'm basically not adding anything new to this. No. Other than, like, I changed my <laughs> answer because your guys' answer was good. And so I, I, I would See, Jason's not do now it. already influencing for his years. Yeah, his, his I'm, sorry, so, I'm sorry, 40 years early, apparently. <laughs> and so... Um, and again, I'm not saying that any grandmaster that has done a grandmaster's class is a bad person or done the wrong thing. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like having had my own personal experience for each degree and hearing you guys talk yeah. about how you'd wish you'd done the same thing, even though it was a good experience to go yeah. to the master's class, like that just makes me think I think it'd be worth the effort and growing pains to do away with it. Yeah, especially the MM degree. Yeah. That is one that I wish that that the EA and you the MM a for a great have to be have to be a personal experience yeah. where you are the candidate yeah. in that role. You can't watch it from the sidelines, no, and it's it was horrible. <laughs> well, because I think 
I think it should be okay to say this. I think watching the MM and seeing how because you see all the things. If you're exact, if you're participating in it and you're not seeing it, your imagination fills like because yeah. I realized I was picturing like where they were at in locations. Right. So I had like a visual. You guys just saw people walking around a room. It's a yeah. little bit less. You know what I mean? Like well, one of one like and both of those serve a serve a function, right? By watching it as an MM. You're supposed to like get different things out of it. That's the idea. By being a part of it as a MM candidate, candidate, you get a different thing out of it, and that's mm -hmm. the point. That's why it's done yeah. that way. Um, and so when you just jump that step, you literally miss out on something you can never get back again. Like it's gone forever. I'll never get that experience. It's just gone. Which is why I think it would be worth the time and effort to put assistance sure. into place to just but, make sure each Mason gets his own experience. But that being said, right, like at the end of the day, also the Grandmaster's job is to make sure that uh, lodges do work harmoniously, right? And that there is a good, the, and realistically, the better connection between lodge and Grand Lodge, the better masonry is in mm -hmm. Utah. Like the more support we have for each other. Uh, and so, it, again, if the if people don't like that and you just force it upon them, no one's going to follow it. And in the long term, you won't get anywhere by just forcing them to not have grandmasters classes, right? It has to be uh, proven through exhaustive evidence that, like, this is better. Um, and one of the points I think you brought up recently is, like, when we talk about this kind of in, like, moving through the chairs, like, the memorization isn't done or, like, uh, it's, it's expertly done by a few people in the grandmasters class, the ritual at least, but it's not as well done in, in Lodge. And again, I think that's because of the amount of time we put in towards it. When I'm in EA, my goal isn't really to learn the EA knowledge. My goal is to memorize and move on, right? My goal is not to go through the book and understand the way things are done. It's not to go through a couple other people's EA degrees um, and see how it's done or participate in those EA degrees for a while. It's to memorize, move on to FC. When I'm in FC, it's to memorize, move on to MM. Okay, now learn everything to do it. When you're an MM, that's too much knowledge. Like we, I made that little list of stuff of like what you need to memorize. It's insane. It's so it's much. It's huge. Yeah. But. As you get in it as you came through it. But exactly. When you break it into bite-sized chunks, the, the stuff you need to know as an EA, totally manageable. You can totally learn that in a year as an EA. The stuff you need to learn as an FC, totally manageable. You can learn that in a year as an FC. The stuff is an MM, you have the rest of your life to work on, which is why there's so much more. But the stuff you absolutely need to know, you can learn that relatively quickly. Um, and if a, a good line is in place, you'll have the time to learn that stuff by the time you are, you know, junior warden or whatever. You gave me an idea. This is backtracking a little bit. So what if has a happy medium as to if a grandmaster class or not? Like you can still have a grandmaster's class, but you instill the extra requirements to move on, like memorization, a time period, and proof of like a service project or something. And so if you have enough lodges that say, "Hey, our candidates have all done these things," they can move on. And there's too many, not enough, you know, like then yeah. you can still do the grandmaster's class, which takes away from the experience, but at least they've not. At it's least, at least then they're not flying through it. I think would that be like a good like meet this may sound thing? like I'm backpedaling, but I'm not <laughs> uh, because again I think like I said before I think that the point is the point of Freemasonry as an organization 
is to provide that overarching framework for how a person, in, for how a man becomes a good man, right? They're, the job of Freemasonry isn't to hold your hand and guide you through it. It's to show you like, look, here are things that have for ages and ages and ages have shown when, when men exhibit these things, they're good men, right? Whether that's loyalty to your country, whether that's being nice to other people, whatever, right? Um, that's the goal of Freemasonry is to provide that framework and then each person needs to walk it. So I don't actually necessarily think that it should be like a, you have to do a service project to show that you can move on. I think that uh, there should be almost kind of how the rookie award works where you have like yeah, that's what I mean. things like, to choose yeah. from, but it's, it should be just stuff that shows you that should provide evidence, not to the Freemasonry as a whole, but to you as an individual person that you have learned these principles, that you are ready, because that's a, that's a deal between your life and to whatever divine you believe in. That's not really the place of the worshipful master to decide. That's for you. Um, I like that. So there's still the requirements, yeah. but it can be more personal still. Well, and um, you can, you, again, you can still have the, like, you have to memorize this thing, right? Because, well, that'll always be. Of course. But then you should have these other criteria and be like, hey, pick some of them. I think that's a great idea. I did. It, it'd be nice to have like the equivalent of those rookie awards for each one. Of, yeah, for, for, for the each. EA and Let's FC. Let's draft it. We should. Okay, we should throw actually, something together. Kind of fun. Let's finish this podcast when we're done, and let's go. Right, what time is it? One twenty-eight. Both being here, you have to leave at two. Yeah. yeah so we got at the latest. Got, so let's let's finish this up pretty quick, and then we can go okay. maybe drop down some ideas. Well, as um. always, <laughs> we started we started off with a question. <laughs> took a hard right turn someplace else, but it still led to a good discussion. I love how and we I were. Enjoyed it. I love how we were originally each going to pick a symbol and we were going to talk about it. And I said, "I'm going to ignore well, all of that." What well, about G? <laughs> so, <laughs> what about G? So, to be fair, though, I said, well, "That's going to be my question like, on the phone." What well, about G? What about well, Bob? What well, about G? Well, to be fair. Um, I said, hey, I've got a couple ideas, and I presented the ideas, oh, yeah, and then you right. said, that brings up a question, and then the discussion started. So we never really So confirmed. there wasn't, yeah, so we okay. never said we were going to do that. I was just, like, we did talk a little bit about the question, like, but it wasn't ever actually, like, a solid plan made. Okay. So now I feel like less of a jerk. And that's... <laughs> it's and always again, about And that was that's not... not <laughs> that, that, that was not the purpose. We should have kept the jerk part. <laughs> that's, that's what I was just going to say. Like, since this podcast is just for me... <laughs> Uh, me not feeling like a jerk, I feel like, is a critical component to the success. So, I'm glad we, well, I'm glad we accomplished it. Uh, you're you're okay. successful this week. <laughs> Woo! This, uh, well, this week. <laughs> Thank you all for, for listening, if indeed you still are. Uh, we will see you next week. The hosts of the From the North podcast are providing this broadcast as a public service and for their own selfish motives. It is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of any Grand Lodge, Local Lodge, or any Masonic body or Freemasonry in general. Any reference to any specific product, subject, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or any recommendation. The rantings, tomfoolery, and views expressed by the guests and the hosts are absolutely their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply any endorsement of them, any grand or local lodge, or any entity they represent. Whoa.